0: Never miss a moment. Go listen to the Todd Feinberg podcast on the Odyssey app.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Things are a disaster. And, and uh, in terms of the American experiment and the process we've been on, we've been breaking down, once again, the speech that President Eisenhower gave on his way out of office because he was warning about the military-industrial complex. But I think he was predicting, whether he was aware of it or not, where everything is It's not just that the military-industrial complex was a tail that was going to wag the dog, that the power of military spending threatened to supersede. He was feeling already 60 years ago that the money flowing through – the veins of, of the military was more powerful than our political structures had strength to, to stop it. And I think that's where we are across the board. It's not just the military, it's our whole economy now, and our whole government is gone.
2: Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry can compel the proper meshing of the huge industrial and military machinery of defense with our peaceful methods and goals.
1: Well, we, we have that same problem with the meshing of, uh, of the spending on every level. And, and they invent things now that are required for equity or social justice. These are all code words for let's steal money. Let's just appropriate money for goals that sound worthy and win us votes. But we get to do whatever we want with the money. That's where our government is now. Now, that, there's nothing scarier than that, I don't think. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. We're going to the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center, where we find Mark Christopher sitting and studying very <laughs> closely every white line. And how well, many I'm are crook. there? You're not. Well, a I'm
0: not a crook. It's the Todd Weinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080.
1: Okay, it's rant line time. Rant line number, if you want to call, one in eight six zero seven five one forty six ninety eight. We have a wonderful collection of rants, which we will go through right now. If you want to, uh, if you want to talk on the air, you can do that as well. We mix the live calls in with the rant calls, the recorded ones, and we will also talk more about. Dwight David Eisenhower, I just find it fascinating. As a matter of fact, let me just play one thing before we start the rants. This is, um, there's a modular aspect to this speech. There are these little sections that are distinct statements. It's very concise and very to the point. But listen to this one, because this was at the end of his eight years when he gave this speech.
2: Now, on Friday noon, I am to become a private citizen. I am proud to do so. I look forward to it. Thank you, and good night.
1: There's something weird about that, and yet it feels like maybe it's one with a message about uh, you guys, meaning us. Only an alert citizenry.
2: Only an alert and knowledgeable citizenry.
1: Right, and then he's saying goodbye.
2: Now, on Friday noon, I am to... Become a private citizen.
1: And if you think about those as being deliberately juxtaposed against each other, he's saying, I'm leaving, I'm warning you about what's coming down the pike, and you're the only ones who can stop it. And he told us that 60 years ago, and he left, and it's all been robbed from us now. We no longer have the system of government that we were given. And he told us so. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. So I, I think um, this is a good backdrop, foundational words from President Eisenhower to uh, give us a sense of why we ended up this way. In a sense, it's, it, it was inevitable. If you think about what he was describing, just at the beginning, let me play one more clip again, the beginning of of what. Ike had to say. First cut I think it was.
2: We have been compelled to create a permanent armaments industry of vast proportions.
1: Okay we have a vast military industrial complex he said because of World War II. This was just after World War II. He was the general. He he saw it grow. He promoted its growth. And then as president he looked at it and said uh oh this is an uncontrollable force.
2: Our military organization today bears little relation to that known of any of my predecessors in peacetime.
1: In other words, I am seeing something nobody's ever seen before, and it scares me. It scares me, and it scares my brother, who's my speechwriter, and we've been working on this speech to make a closing argument upon my departure.
2: Or indeed, by the fighting men of World War II or Korea.
1: In other words, none of us saw this coming. And what I don't think he saw coming, I I suspect he didn't, or maybe he just wanted to keep it simple, is that this would happen not just in military spending, but all spending. And indeed that the government, once it stole from us, the ability to collect all the taxes it wanted, that there was no controlling the military government complex or the government industrial complex maybe that's what it is the government industrial complex
2: the potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists
1: that's what we're experiencing right now HXO 5229842 isn't it beautiful how clearly he, he spelled it out for us and that's what we're living through right now okay let's do the rants please if you're ready, hey, Todd.
3: I wake up to Bernie Sanders on one of the talk shows.
1: Wait a sec. Did I mess? Yeah, that's not the right file. Where is the right file, though? Uh-oh. It must be the other side of things. That is the raw file before I edited it. And where is the one I edited? Aha! Uh-huh. Here it is. Okay.
4: Hey, Todd. It's John from Rocky Hill, it's 1048 on Saturday afternoon. I needed to drop off some plates for my car that I sold, to motor vehicle. Congratulations. parking lot, it's empty. And, you know, it's Saturday. When, when can we do our business? Uh, we work during the week. Um, and there's all kinds of signs that say appointment only. What is this? Is this COVID still on? I mean, these people, don't they work for us and not we work for them? Doesn't it supposed to be our convenience to go to a motor vehicle, not their convenience? This is crazy.
1: Wait a sec. Who do you think they are? You just went to the government thinking you could go whenever you want, and they'd be working like normal people in a market-driven system? Come on, man.
4: Hey, Todd. Um, So now we're at a point where the military is telling the president, shoot it down. We don't know what it is. Yeah. I wonder,
5: could you try that, like, as uh, if you're a handgun owner? I wonder
4: how that would go over in court.
1: Why do you think, uh, your point is a, is a valid one, and it is a comedic kind of moment, but I don't think the military was telling the president, shoot it down, we don't know what it is, because they knew exactly what was going on, that they had never looked at that particular altitude before, and because of the embarrassment of what happened with the flying balloons, they redirected their radar so they would be able to detect things that were 14, 15 miles above the Earth's surface. And suddenly, there's thousands of things flying around there. So the president said, this is great. Let's shoot them down. Then everyone will see how tough I am, and I'll I'll be able to escape the embarrassment of what happened with the with the uh, Chinese thing.
4: I know how that would go over in, in court. I didn't know what it was, so I shot it. We are in trouble.
1: Yeah. Well, only the president of the United States could uh, get out of his humiliation by contradicting himself and his actions contradicting everything that makes any sense. And it was such a muddled mess that nobody could really unravel it all, especially without help from the media which, of course, doesn't help with anything, except confusing things worse.
6: Here's a good one from Joe. Joe wants to allow pensions and social support to Ukraine. Of course, the taxpayers of the United States will be paying for the pensions of Ukrainians. But there's no support for the poor people in Ohio from the train derailment. So what is really going on with this war? Who's making all the money? Who's working with whom? Is Zelensky really working with Putin behind closed doors? This whole war, it just doesn't seem kosher. Something's going (laughs) on. And now Joe wants us to pay the pensions of Ukrainians.
1: Ain't that the truth? I mean, nothing is kosher the government does.
6: Hi, ladies and gentlemen, it's me, Ned Lamont, governor
5: of Connecticut. Yeah, I'm calling for the, the Order Up program, and I was thinking, what do I like? And it's like, I like going to the buffet. Yeah, Kenny and I, we go to the buffet and we put all this great looking stuff. Oh, it looks so good. And it looks like it's gonna taste good too, but you can't eat too much of it. (laughs) But it's kind of like being the governor in the state. You know, I could draw some parallel lines between giving out money here, buying some new snowplows over there, and then more state pooper cars and all kinds of goodies, and spending all kinds of money at the buffet. Oh, it's so wonderful. It's just, uh, it's just, it just gets me all oh, feel so good. And you know, I also like tacos, big fat taco. Yeah, it's like a wallet with all kinds of money inside. I love it when I get big fat wallets with money inside. Don't you ladies and gentlemen? Well, all right, well pay your taxes and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> drive careful this weekend. Eight six zero five two two nine
1: eight four two. Join us in the conversation here on WTIC. We've got Ralph calling from South Carolina. Hey, Ralph.
7: Todd, how are you? I hope life's treating you well. A uh, couple things. Uh, we have probably the most incompetent transportation secretary ever in this country. Uh, I'd like to know what his uh, background was that gave him that position, but I'm just wondering, and uh, your, your listeners and yourself, how do you think the people in that town are going to take when now he says he's going to come down and visit? you think he's going to be welcome
1: there? Uh, I I do feel that he's mishandled the public relations hustle that normally goes on here, and I don't understand why he didn't rush there and even why today he said, I'll, I'll be there in due time and, and I'm not really needed there yet. It, you know, it's not the right moment. And I would just be politically posturing, he said, if I went now, which, of course, uh, that's what they do. That's what the job is, to politically posture. So I, but I, I don't I don't get it, Ralph. Well, I think, and I'm, I hope I'm right, the people
7: in, in uh, East Palestine are going to say, go home. You weren't here before. We don't want you here now. Well, yeah, that's, that's at least that's what I would do. I, would, You know, the only reason he's going is all the public outcry.
1: That's the only reason. Yes, but you're trying to personalize. You're trying to make it about Pete Buttigieg. But the purpose of even having a secretary of transportation is what? To provide a face for the machinery of government, which is an immovable force. It just does what it wants to do. You've got a huge bureaucracy that's there to spend trillions of dollars or hundreds of billions of dollars in order to enhance the reelection opportunities for the Democratic Party. And that's how I would look at it. I wouldn't worry about Pete. Pete's just the latest guy to try to advance his career by holding that job.
7: And I, I, I may be wrong, but I think he just cut his throat. I really feel that. He's, he's done now because if he tries to run, what they're going to say is you had a chance to go to Ohio. You didn't show up. Is that yeah, what you're well, going to do as president
1: too? I, I I hope he collapses under the weight of his failure, and then the new guy will have to get rid of the same way because he'll be just as bad. That's all I'm saying. Ralph is uh, it's easy to get excited about the person. I think they want us to do that. That's why they that's why they do the identity politics around the people they hire, so they they can make it about humans rather than about corrupt systems but i think our the story of the american government and and the story of state governments in america is a story of corrupt government and how america ran away from us
4: hey todd just hearing the great news that that capitalistic monopoly called eversource made record profits last year while raising our rates as of the new year by 24 percent isn't that amazing i wonder what pura has to say about that maybe they'll all have a party together
1: well it is a party They're, they're having the party right now Pura is of course the regulatory agency which gets to decide how much eversource gets to charge and that's controlled by the governor
4: hey todd it's the american patriot and i'm basking in my glory today watching the story about the three stooges and fox at night hannity ingram and tucker they knew i like i've been saying to all your listeners all along it's all fake news conspiracy theories lies they knew all along trump lost this election. And they went out there every night and tried to tell people the election was stolen.
1: And uh, that's correct. It's true on both sides. And the we are controlled by a media machine that is mostly coming from the other side and is telling us the lies of that side. So there's no glory here. There's only the victimhood of being an American citizen and having all this all this armament uh, aimed at us to make sure we don't understand what's actually going on in our government. So
3: Todd, I wake up to Bernie Sanders on one of the talk shows and he's hawking his new book called it's okay to be angry about capitalism. And he's doing the whole hand movement, talking about the top 1%, even though he belongs to it. I believe the top 1% crushing the middle class, well, never like he he never ever talks about the low income population uh, that subsidized that's also crushing the middle class. That's never in the conversation. But let's get back to the book. This is like his fifth book. Isn't selling a book part of the capitalism argument? I mean, isn't isn't capitalism allowing him to find a publisher and people to assist him and the places that make the book and now you gotta sell it and then you collect the money
1: oh. well listen there's no making sense of these threads of uh... irrational of irrationality that they throw at us I mean, bernie sanders is just another in a whole crowd of people who contradicts who everything they stand for is a contradiction of what they claim to stand for so what are you gonna do that's that's how the thing rolls. Let's talk to Ray. Ray, you're on the air. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I so, uh calling with the uh, one of the rant calls with the
5: uh, you know uh, Trump fighting the the last election. Yes. Um and yeah, so uh, Hillary Clinton did the same thing to Trump when he was elected into office, and he like she went after him the same way that like for election fraud. So you know it's, it's you know it's a little tit for tat.
1: Well, the tit for tat right. is that we've got two political parties that are at war with uh, the people, trying to get yeah. all the power from the people so they can do whatever they want and, and divert the. It's a wrestling match to see who gets to control the funds they steal from us. So we have to start defending oh, ourselves from both the oh, parties, yeah, right? I, Ray?
5: I, yeah, I completely agree with that. We have to totally defend ourselves against both parties because you know, that's what this, this country was founded on, right? It was for freedom and for the right to, you know, live in sovereignty. And they're, they're, they're taking that away from us step by step. And what they do is they give us um, a little Crumbs, bit of this, we a little get bit of
1: crumbs, Ray. I'm sorry, I've got to hold you right there because it's time for a traffic update.
0: Listen to the Todd Feinberg Show on the... App. Download at
1: like W T I C and follow today. Yes, W T I C is where we are, and happily where we rock from eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Rant line number seven five one forty six ninety
4: eight. I have to thank you guys for playing. 99 balloons for me a couple of weeks ago. Now I have another request. Could you play "Skyrocketing Flight" afternoon delight? The song came out in the '70s. We could have uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris doing a duet in the front lawn of the White House. in flight, as in shoot down balloons, as in afternoon delight. It's a uh, it's a it's a hit. Maybe back uh, 40 years ago.
1: I'm sorry, we're still trying to recover from your first request.
4: Todd, I find it a little funny that the politicians are now trying to put a percentage on the rent, which is a free market, but they let the utility company, which they have control over, the one that has a monopoly on us, do 100% increase.
1: Uh, A monopoly, except for the fact that the government monopoly gets to ultimately control the utilities These
4: politicians are out of their minds they are a bunch of a-holes
1: well they, they may be the latter but uh, they've got their minds uh, well intact I fear
6: Joe travels 5,000 miles to give the Ukrainians another 500 million dollars but yet he cannot visit the border nor visit Ohio for the train derailment obviously the American people are not Joe's priority again where is the accountability for all this money that is going to ukraine
1: well that is a and good anybody question remember, it?
4: anybody remember asian orange dioxin in it Those poisoning troops what's happening in ohio right now that uh, supposedly controlled burn uh what are the products of that controlled burn the D- dioxin we're, we're we're basically poisoning all of ohio and poisoning the aquifer in Ohio with, with dioxin. This was, this was supposed to be
1: a good idea? Yeah, it's all a little suspicious, isn't it?
6: Good morning, I am calling because I was going through a few of the bills that are in the General Assembly right now, House Bill 5917, to implement the recommendations of the Vision Zero Council. It's allowing the commission to take the land that they find necessary. And they will allow the residents to be on that property for 90 days rent-free, and then they are out.
1: Yeah, so effectively the government now works to destroy our rights and to steal all our money. And they call themselves the good government crowd. Well, they used to. They've dropped that now because it's not credible, I guess. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Tom Scott joins us next right now, though Mark Christopher's in the BPS Lawyers Traffic Center with the latest. Mark
0: now back to the Todd Feinberg gonna Show gonna live from the NJ baby, Diet Studios on I'm WTIC News and Talk ten eighty. It's right,
5: it's right.
1: WTIC. Good afternoon. Joining us now, Tom Scott. Joins us every week at this time. Hello there, Thomas.
8: How are you doing today,
1: Todd? I am intrigued with the goings-on with the president and the vice president having to do with uh, the big trip, the big excursion over to Ukraine and our utter devotion to Ukraine. It looks like Ukraine is going to be the 51st state.
8: Well, meanwhile, in China, (laughs) uh, you know, I I was struck by your emphasis on 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 the words of wisdom from former general and president dwight eisenhower and i wanted to pick up on that but i i I first just wanted to say something quickly todd I, i was also struck by the rant some of your rant calls and some of your live calls of people commenting on the kookiness of what's happening up in Hartford at the Connecticut State Capitol, mm-hmm. and I appreciate the frustration and the anger on just how crazy things are getting up there, and and people, you know, want to do something. But I'm here to tell you that on most of the big issues, there isn't anything they can do. Uh, public hearings are a waste of time. Calling most state senators and state representatives is also a waste of time, uh, given the nature of who these people are up there and given the power and influence of all of these coalition groups that helped elect these people, to which I would say you can't change what's happening at the state capitol unless we change who we send to the state capitol. And a lot of these people who are expressing frustration are people who I think just want to be left alone. That's a lot of us. Right. We, we, we limited government people. We just want to be left alone. But the reality is, unless you take that energy and engage at election time, it makes no difference. Now, I realize that the utter dysfunction of the state Republican Party in Connecticut makes it difficult to see the direction, to see, you know, what track do you take to help make a difference in electing people? But I'll, I'll just say that we're losing, we're losing our state, we're losing our country, we're losing time. And unless we make gains in 2024 in Connecticut, I think the exodus will continue. Uh, of of like-minded people who are just saying, occupied Connecticut is no longer where I want to live, and I'm hearing that a lot. So that that's my rant. I could have called that in and left that message. You know, that's a Tom, good but rant. My rant.
1: But Tom, how it's it strikes me that people have to have, feel that there is an answer. They need to understand what the problem is and understand the way to to take back the state. To find victory. And that requires engagement right off the bat, not well, we've got to win the next election because people won't step in and exercise the power that they have, but they don't understand, you know, until the wizard comes and tells them how to click their heels and, and what the magic words are. There, So, so there's got to be some answer right now that people can get their heads around and start to formulate their own Sense of understanding and spread the word of that understanding.
8: Yeah, and and that's and, and that's a that's a three-hour conversation, Todd. Um, honestly, there 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 are some structural things that can happen, and and it's not glamorous work, but it's hard work. Uh, and on a certain level, it's easy work. And and this has been tried in Connecticut uh, on several occasions. And the problem is the same old people, the same old political consultants and, and, and the people who are just in the way continue to be in the way. And and unless people running for office in the Republican Party realize the barriers that are created by the structure of the Republican Party in Connecticut and simply say they don't matter and I will go around them, it's, it's, it has a cleansing effect. Uh, uh, Todd. I've, I've worked with candidates. I've supported candidates in, in Connecticut and elsewhere who, who once they get it, once they realize that there's only one way to success. And by the way, I'm talking about competitive districts or even districts that aren't competitive but can be made competitive. I'm not talking about the few remaining Republican districts where all you have to do is put your name on the ballot. And if you're a Republican, you can win. And those still exist, by the way. There aren't a lot of them. Um, so I'm not talking about that, but that's, that's a long, deep conversation. Uh, and some of it is the sort of stuff that I wouldn't even want to reveal on your show, because there are things that can be done, but you got to sneak up on these guys and, and you got to, you got to work over a long period of time and you got to do the quiet, important work to line it all up and then launch at -hmm. the appropriate time.
1: Okay. But in the meantime, there needs to be I think the average person in the state who understands what's happened, that there the state's basically been stolen away and the people who have the power right now are using that power to dismantle anything constitutional or proper out of the laws that exist and into new laws that are being passed so that if by some chance they lose control over the government for some period of time, it will be so diseased, there'll be so many cancers growing within it that there'll be no way to, uh, to exercise the, the growths that are, are oh, destroying yeah. everything. So, no, so there enough. needs to be some hope, there needs to be some sense that there is a path down which we will walk and we will take it back.
8: Well, there is a path and and, and and since since we can't get into all the detail that would be required, I understand that for a lot of listeners it's a leap of faith. It's like what is that path? Well it's it's there is a path and it would take a long time to achieve the goal. And by the way, there are good Republicans in Hartford. There aren't a lot of them unfortunately. Uh, And and, and I mean, our our leaders of the Republican Party in the legislature, it's like it's like they 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 suffer from the Stockholm syndrome. You know, they're 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 identifying their captive and and they're happy to get a few crumbs off the table. Now, listen, if we had seven or eight state senators like Rob Sampson, uh, it would be a very different legislature Mm -hmm. because there would be the will to fight back. And I can name, you know, a half a dozen House members who who were, you know, in that category as well. But there aren't a lot of them. There just aren't a lot of Republicans who, who know the way and who are willing to stand up for us. And that's very, very frustrating. I don't sense
1: that there's some reality that's even begun to set in yet in which the average voter can look and say that there's cause and effect that's that's a result of Democrats having too much control. You know, I I don't know if if anyone sees it, but for the most mobilized people who understand who've always understood or understood for a long time, is that a fair way to look at it, do you think?
8: Yeah, I think it is, Todd. I mean, people people need to see it. People need to see the vision. They need to see that there's a path forward. And and absent that, they're going to they're going to show up and vote. You know, the people that are calling your rant line, they're certainly going to show up and vote. Maybe they're going to donate fifty dollars to a local candidate and maybe they'll even volunteer in a campaign. But that is no substitute, as important as that is, uh, for the sort of effort I'm talking about to to have some semblance of. Uh, of competition with the over 30 coalition groups out there who support the Democratic candidates for office. We have zero coalition groups in the state of Connecticut. And that's, that's how desperate it is. And we don't need 30, but we need 10. Yes, but
1: I, I think the, the thing that lives under underneath that infrastructure problem that you're talking about is for average people to understand that the state is being robbed blind, that the government is a criminal enterprise that exists to steal power and money, and then all of that money is being misused and the laws are being miswritten in such a way that whatever advantage the left has established for itself, it can make that permanent. If, if the, because there's got to be a collapse coming eventually. This all has to crumble if all they do is keep raising taxes, which they continue to do, and leave every corrupt waste of money in place in perpetuity. Those lines have to cross at some point, don't they, where the average person looks at it and says, okay, now I get it. We can't keep voting these people in. And there's something wrong with the state because
8: that reality doesn't impact people. I agree with you. But when that day comes... And I don't know when that day is coming. When that day comes, will we be prepared? And will there be enough of us left to fight back? Because you're still going to need some capacity to fight back. Because even if they do collapse, uh, look at California, by the way. We're, we're heading in that direction. We're California East. And, and they're not even trying to hide it anymore, Todd. I mean, there was a time just a few years ago when some of these people like Senator Looney from New Haven, they were a little more subtle in what they were up to. Now they're not even hiding it anymore. Uh, their their agenda is is out there for everybody to see because they recognize there's no organized opposition anywhere uh, in the state of Connecticut. And and you know, and, and speaking of uh, Senator or, or President Eisenhower, when he was around, we still had a lot of statesmen and women in the U.S. Senate and in the U.S. Congress in both parties. And and when you look at the stature gap that we have today, I mean, Murphy and Blumenthal for crying out loud here in the state of Connecticut, and 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 you were talking earlier about the president and vice president and their trip to Ukraine and Poland. And what that portends for the future and, of course, the big story yesterday and today is not so much the president being in Warsaw, but the fact that the communist Chinese now may engage and may start arming uh, uh, their friends in Russia and what that portends for the future. I mean, that that is serious, serious business, Todd, as you know, because you've been talking about it. I mean, the Tricoms the have been on the march for a very, very long time. And they're almost at parity, if not more than that now with us, when it comes to the military, when it comes to uh, uh, the economy and technology and everything else. And, and, and to throw in with the Russians, you talk about an axis of evil. Uh, and President Eisenhower, he knew evil. He knew he knew good and he knew evil. He knew war. And he knew foreign policy Mm -hmm. uh, and he understood what was happening to this country. And he wisely, wisely warned the American people about the military industrial complex. And 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 so in Washington, Democrats and Republicans are cheering on uh, uh, the president. When meanwhile, in East Palestine, Ohio, meanwhile, at the southern border, you know, where are our priorities, Todd?
1: Well, that's the thing I think we need to focus on. So so I, all of what you're saying is valid, but in order to mobilize people, it strikes me there needs to be an argument made, which is why I'm focusing on understanding that what the founders were trying to give us was a small government model that couldn't be broken by the plunderers, and it didn't work, and the plunderers have broken that model, and we need to if, I think if people are armed with a sense of conviction that our system has been robbed and that all the nonsense you hear out of people's mouths is uh, supporting that theft then then maybe people can start to move around that and and uh, form some conviction that can eventually lead to mobilization
8: Does that make any sense it, well it makes complete sense but I but but absent, A a strong two-party system in America. Now, we have a two-party system, and, you know, I can't stand uh, uh, Mitch McConnell and, and, you know, the fact that he's a sellout. But there are good people in Washington, but I I think it has to be, to some extent, organic. In other words, we can't point to one person and say, ha-ha. There's the, there's the man or woman we can lead into battle. That's certainly part of it, especially uh, when you look at whoever the nominee is for president in 2024. So that's, that's certainly part of it. But I think we need a reawakening, and I think this reawakening has to come principally from younger people. And I'm talking about people, Todd, who are teenagers in their 20s and 30s. Unless we have a reawakening among people and big numbers of people in those groups those age categories, I'm not so sure that there's hope for the future. And in fact, this may be Rome while too many of us are fiddling, unfortunately. (laughs) We are
1: doing a lot of that. It's amazing. It's amazing. The moment we're in Tom Scott,
8: it really is. I mean, there was a report just last week. Um, I don't remember the numbers, but they were very, very low about all of the military age people in this country who are simply unqualified to serve in the military, even if they were inclined to do so. And, and the report I was reading also indicated that there are very few families in America today, certainly since the beginning of the last century, who actually has someone in their family who ever served in any branch of the military, or even who have close friends who serve and who have served. And we have an all-volunteer military. I understand that. Yeah, but, but the by only by reason... Tom,
1: isn't, isn't being in the military today just going into one of those uh, trailers and. The desert in Nevada and and playing video games. I mean, I th- I think it's a different well, contest now. But we've got to leave it, it, it right there. We're out of time. Tom Scott, thank you, sir. Great to talk to you. Anytime, sir. righty. we'll talk to you next week. Ah, don't forget the rant line eight six zero seven five one forty six ninety eight. Leave your comments, please. We'll play them tomorrow.
0: All star closer Kenley Jansen. We have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?